This is 5-Minute Friday. Expose yourself to new ideas regularly. Welcome back to the Superior Science Podcast, everybody. Super pumped to have you back here on the show. As you may know from previous episodes, I'm reading this book called Deep Work by Cal Newport. A huge fan of it. In a nutshell, it helps you understand how and why to focus on individual tasks and work deeply without any distractions and how that can help get better results and also feel for, more fulfilled. I'm definitely getting a lot out of it and I recommend it to absolutely anybody who wants to work more effectively and efficiently. And at the same time, so uh, this chapter that I came across, it uh, advocates for something different So, uh, or in addition to that deep work. So on one hand, you got to work, uh, the whole, whole premise is working deeply, but on the other hand, in this chapter, Cal talks about exposing yourself to new ideas regularly, uh, interacting with people, and so on. And I found this very interesting, and that's why I wanted to share it here. So it starts off with two stories. And the first story is about building number 20 at MIT. It was uh, quickly put together during World War II to be a shelter, a temporary shelter. And after World War II, when there was a huge influx of people who wanted to study at MIT... Uh, there was just not enough space in other buildings in respective departments, so this building was used for different departments. And you had people from different areas, walks of life, bumping into each other here all the time, from nuclear science to linguistics to electronics and so on. And what this led to was a massive number of breakthroughs and innovations. For instance, it generated innovations in topics uh, ranging from Chomsky grammars to video games to long-range navigation, uh, just to name a few. And the, story, the second story is about another building that was designed um, on purpose this time, uh, but around the same time as building number 20. Uh, it was designed by uh, the director of Bell Labs, Mervyn Kelly, in New Jersey. And there, Kelly didn't want that university style of all departments being separate. Instead, there was one contiguous building, one, one connected building with a very long hallway. And uh, there are people with lots of different mixes and backgrounds from scientists to engineers from different fields would be staying in this one building as fully connected and therefore uh, they, whenever they would want to go somewhere, they would bump into each other. It's not that they didn't have their private space where they could work and focus and get rid of distractions. That was still the case. They had their own um, labs or their own offices. But when they wanted to go for a walk or go for lunch or go to some other place in the building, they would inevitably bump into other people from other divisions, from other uh, backgrounds, other areas. And what this led to was an even greater number of innovations. For example, here are some of the accomplishments from Bell Lab in the uh, years following World War II. Um, this first solar cell, laser communication satellites, cellular communication systems, fiber optics, a Nobel Prize for validating for empirically validating the Big Bang Theory. And as Carl Newport puts in his book, perhaps the most important one is the transistor, which gave us the modern computer. And even just looking at the transistor, that required people or scientists from solid-state physics, quantum theorists, world-class experimentalists, all working together. So what's a takeaway, what was the main takeaway for me from here? Well, it was that I need to more regularly expose myself to new ideas, to talking with people. I tend to get carried away by like looking at myself up in a room and like focusing on deep. That's why like deep work. That's why this 
book resonates with me so much. I love deep work. I get really fulfilled. And I get great results from it. But here he also reminds uh, me that, or reminds us that we need to, we can't just invent everything by being by ourselves. Like some inventions, yes, come to you by yourself, but others, you need to be exposed to other ideas, their perspectives, um, different fields, different um, worldviews that you might not have, but being exposed to them will challenge your thinking, will get you thinking in different ways. And we don't have to be inventing the transistor to benefit from this. Whatever we're doing, if we expose ourselves to ourselves to uh, peers or people in other industries, other areas, then we can uh, enrich our thinking and generate new ideas, new solutions, new products, um, new way, new ways of thinking for ourselves. And so that's something to think about. Like that made me stop and think: How often do I? expose myself to new ideas and it's that not that often like I tend to um, stay in my own head and develop my own ideas further and further but indeed I should expose myself more and so I started thinking like how can I do this maybe now attend some virtual gatherings maybe after coronavirus settles down attend more uh, meetups more um, talks more uh, I don't know like places where entrepreneur entrepreneurs or uh, people from different fields. It doesn't even have to be people from the same field. It can be people from absolutely different fields. Maybe a meetup for musicians or maybe a art group where I could do some painting or something like that. Um, or maybe I meet up with data scientists or uh, entrepreneurs and, and understand what I'm missing there, what I can learn from that. So definitely a play, an area that I can improve. And uh, my question to you is, is this an area that you're already doing great at or is it something that you can improve at as well? Um, how often do you expose yourself to new ideas? How often do you get out of your comfort zone out of your, or you make an effort to be communicating with somebody you haven't communicated with, with before? Because if it's the same people that you're always constantly talking with, those are not really new ideas. Maybe there'll be new ideas sometimes, but what if it's somebody from the other side of the planet? What if it's somebody... Um, in a completely different field or if it's somebody who has a completely different worldview, how often do you expose yourself? So something I encourage to consider and think about. And if your answer is like me that you don't expose yourself often enough, um, there are definitely solutions out there and uh, I encourage you for you to look for them. But a great starting point I can already suggest to you now and <laughs> I am a bias because it's something that we've created but the good news is it's absolutely free. So if you haven't signed up for Data Science Go Virtual yet, then I highly recommend checking it out. It, if you're listening to this podcast on the day it came out, on the Friday, on the day it comes out, on the Friday, then tomorrow on the 20th June and 21st June, uh, we're hosting Data Science Go Virtual for the very first time, where you'll be able to get new ideas from speakers, from workshop facilitators, um, and from peers, from people, from other people in data science because we have this uh, networking um, time where even virtually, even though it's a virtual event, you, you'll go into these networking sessions where you click a button and you get assigned somebody else randomly who also, who's also open to networking and you get to chat to them for three minutes. And if you want to exchange details, you can continue your conversation later on. If not, not. But then you get another person, another person, another person. You can meet a lot of people this way who are also interested in data science, but might have different worldviews, or might be working in different industries, or might be solving different problems. And you can enrich your um, library of ideas, expose yourself to new ideas, and 
grow that way, change your perspectives or challenge your uh, opinions and worldviews and, um, and become a better data scientist that way. So that's what this event is going to be like. Uh, once you apply to join, and the thing is we can't uh, invite absolutely everybody at this stage because our first event, we need to make sure that we can handle the amount of people that will be there. We already have over three and a half thousand applications. So once you apply, you'll be able to fill in a form and say whom you want to network with. A mentor, a peer, a manager, uh, a mentee, and uh, basically you can specify whom you want to network with. And even if you don't get into the event for some reason, or if you're listening to this podcast after the event is over, still highly recommend registering for it, even if, it, even if it's over, because you'll still get the recordings. You'll get the recordings of the um, workshops and the talks, and you can get those new ideas from our speakers. So highly recommend checking it out. It's at daysansgo.com slash virtual, absolutely free, some amazing speakers coming. But don't stop at that. If this is this event is not your cup of tea for whatever reason, uh, then there's definitely out, tons of events out there that you can attend. I highly encourage you to check them out. There's free events, there's paid events, there's um, events in absolutely different industry, meet, uh, industries, meetups, and so on. So uh, expose to you, yourself to new ideas, whatever the case. And if you are coming to Data Science Go Virtual, then I'll see you there. And until next time, happy analyzing. <laughs>